Which of the following two statements would you say is the goal of evangelism? Is it the minimum amount of truth to the maximum number of people? Or is the maximum amount of truth to the maximum number of people? Welcome to the Theology For You podcast, where we believe that a right understanding of God's Word is for your good and true worship of God. If you're just joining us, I'm Joey, and I'd love to encourage you to share this with a friend. If we've helped you to grow in your faith and understanding of God in this episode or any other episode, maybe send your friend a text or DM on Instagram all about this podcast. It would mean the world to us if you would share this with the other believers in your life, those who want to grow in their faith and understanding of God and His Word. This episode is part of a series on evangelism using Will Metzger's book, Tell the Truth as Our Guide. If you don't have this book, I'd highly encourage you to pick up a copy of your own to deepen your understanding of evangelism and your ability to communicate the gospel truthfully and lovingly. You can find a link to buy this book as well as any other books or resources we mention at the link in the description of this episode. If we're honest, many of us have probably viewed evangelism as the minimum amount of truth to the maximum number of people. After all, we hear the phrase, the simple gospel. Yet is this the way that we should think about evangelism? The goal of evangelism is not the minimum amount of truth to the maximum number of people, but rather the maximum amount of truth to the maximum number of people. Will Metzger says this, So often we're told to think of the gospel content in terms of a simple plan of salvation with three or four basic facts. Yet, The evangelistic mandate our Lord gave us was teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And that's in Matthew 28. So many times when we think about the Great Commission, we miss the whole point. We forget that we're called not simply to get people to profess faith in Christ, but to make disciples, to make followers of Jesus. And this involves teaching them to obey everything that Jesus has commanded them. This goes back to our previous lesson where we talked about how true faith involves obedience to Christ. In the New Testament, Jesus, the apostles, and the early church did the work of evangelism by teaching and expounding the scriptures. Their teaching wasn't simply relegated to a few basic facts to which the audience had to adhere, but it often involved multiple periods of instruction, which led to life change and obedience to Christ's commands. I mean, if you think about it, Jesus lived with and continually taught his disciples for several years, and he would continue to question them to see if they truly understood what he was teaching. Paul would often spend years in one town or area teaching people the truths of the scriptures. J.I. Packer, in his book, Evangelism and the Sovereignty of God, says that if people are to live a life that reflects Christ to the world, they must first understand who Christ is. And where does this come from? It comes from the Bible. Therefore, the Bible must be taught so that people may learn the truths of the scriptures and see who Jesus is. Yet in our modern era, the gospel has been reduced and people are left wanting and weakened because of a lack of understanding the scriptures to help them live the Christian life. And more importantly, God has been dishonored in the process. Instead of a biblical understanding of the work of evangelism, We've been influenced by our culture to reduce the gospel to a few basic facts. We live in a culture of immediacy. 
We want what we want, and when do we want it? We want it now. Many times we're not willing to be patient to receive the outcome we desire. And this in turn has caused us to grow lazy in our efforts, and we've grown weary of working at things that take time. We've allowed this to influence our view of evangelism, as we've largely reduced the work of evangelism to a one-off encounter. And we want to be able to check the box and say, ah, I've done the work of evangelism. Now, I'm not saying that you can't share the gospel in one sitting or that you must teach someone everything that there is to know about God in the Bible. Please hear me when I say that. What I am saying is, is that when we do share the gospel, we need to make a few distinctions as to how to do so biblically. In his book, Will Metzger lays out three distinctions between biblical evangelism and modern-day evangelism that are really helpful. They are a whole gospel versus a truncated gospel, a message-centered gospel versus a method-centered gospel, and a God-centered gospel versus a me-centered gospel. We're going to look at each one of these individually. So the first one we'll look at is a whole gospel versus a truncated or shortened gospel. We have to realize the danger of presenting a half-truth as the whole truth. As one author writes, when a half-truth is presented as the whole truth, it becomes an untruth. My mind also goes to Martin Lloyd-Jones, who said, we have somehow got hold of the idea that error is only that which is outrageously wrong. And we do not seem to understand that the most dangerous person of all is the one who does not emphasize the right things. There's a drastic difference between presenting half-truths and the whole truth. For example, one truth of God that is beautiful and wonderful is his love. But if his love is the only truth presented, people have a distorted view of who God is. They don't see him in his justice and his wrath and his holiness. And if we're only highlighting one truth of God, one aspect of who God is over another, we lead people to be deceived. And in this example, they can be deceived in the thinking that they're actually not in that much danger. Even though in our fallen state, before Christ renews our life, and we are given the Holy Spirit, and we are made one with Christ, without that happening, we are eternally separated from God and in real danger. In seeing God's holiness, his justice, his righteousness, we know that we have to be made right with God. As Will Metzger puts it, a lack of understanding of the doctrines of the gospel can mislead the sinner and the saint in their duties. And many of our gospel tracts and much of our evangelistic training, if not an actual error, are woefully lacking in helping us define precisely who God is, who we are, and what sin is. Well-meaning Christians have adopted easy formulas, leading many into easy believism and cheap grace. So we must be sure that we present the whole gospel and not a truncated version of the gospel, lest people be deceived. The second difference between biblical evangelism and modern-day evangelism is the message-centered gospel versus the method-centered gospel. In the method-centered gospel, the emphasis is on how we present the gospel and the things we try and do to move someone to make a decision that they may not truly be ready to make. So many times, evangelistic training will teach us more about the methods of evangelism than the content, the message of the gospel. Doctrinal content 
has been slighted, and the emphasis has turned to the methods that we can convince people of the gospel. And one very common example is the many songs that are played at the end of a sermon to try to get people to make a decision for Christ, even if the sermon wasn't directly about the gospel. Remember, our responsibility is to proclaim the gospel, knowing that it is God who's going to work in people's hearts to bring them to faith. And finally, the third distinction between the biblical model of evangelism and our modern era is the God-centered gospel versus the me-centered gospel. When we focus our gospel presentation on the person rather than on God, there are several negative effects to the person we are sharing with. And not only that, but God. Alan Harris describes three. Firstly, focusing on the person is deceiving to non-Christians because unbelievers trust in their acceptance, their prayer, their response, as their assurance of faith. Secondly, we're distorting Christians when we focus too much on the person rather than on God. Believers look for another stage in their Christian life where they can attain a greater degree of happiness for happiness sake because they didn't hear the call to take up their cross and carry it daily. And they didn't hear about the suffering of what it means to be a Christian. And thirdly, God's Honor is disgraced because people are professing to be like Christ, and yet they show no signs of being in Christ. Will Metzger provides a very helpful chart in his book, Tell the Truth, showing the differences between a me-centered gospel and a God-centered gospel. And he lays out a number of examples that I think are very helpful in emphasizing this difference between the modern era gospel presentation and what we see in the Bible. And here is just a few of those. So first, let's let's look at a me-centered gospel. A me-centered gospel views God as a friend who will help you. It views humanity as sick and ignorant. A me-centered gospel says that an attitude of submission to Christ's lordship is optional for salvation. Finally, a me-centered gospel would say that in view of responding to Christ, sinners have the key in their hands. Now let's look at the biblical God-centered gospel. A God-centered gospel says that God is a king who will save you, not a friend who will help you. God-centered gospel says that humanity is spiritually dead and lost, not that humanity is sick and ignorant. A God-centered gospel views submission to Christ's lordship as necessary for salvation, not that it's optional. And finally, a God-centered gospel shows that in view of responding to Christ, God has the key in his hand, not that sinners have the key in their hands. In summary, we have to remember that it is the proclamation of God's word that he uses in our evangelism. Our role is to be someone who is planting and watering and proclaiming the message from the king. We're not focusing on the tool We're focusing on the truth, the maximum amount of truth to the maximum number of people. So what is the true message? What is an example of a God-centered gospel? How do we proclaim these truths to others? Well, we have a five-part series on how to share the gospel. We are using Will Metzger's Come Home presentation 
breaking down those five parts of the gospel. If you want to go deeper in your understanding of God and His Word, I want to encourage you to check out our resources at theologyforyou.com. That's theology, F-O-R-Y-O-U.com. I want to thank you if you have rated or reviewed this podcast on Apple iTunes. That's a way to help get this podcast in front of other people who want to grow in their faith and deepen their relationship with God. So thank you for helping other people grow in their faith by rating or reviewing this podcast. We look forward to you joining us in our five-part series on how to share the gospel. Together, let's make God's name famous. Famous.